For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. This is Sonny Strait, the voice of many of the voices that you grew up on. Yes, I raised all of you ungrateful bastards, and you're listening to The Geek Show. Come me, up, just. This is the Geek Show on the Geek Show Podcast Network. Uh, welcome. So there's only one geek out there, is there? <laughs> yes, <laughs> there can only geekettes. be one. This would terrify, you know, you know all our claims of fake geek girls. <laughs> we, we got it all wrong. <laughs> no, no, it's all the, all the fake geek guys. Yes, there's exactly. only one true geek out there. You've Everyone else our... is a geekette, so they're all female. Yep. You've opened our eyes to a terrible, terrible thing on. <laughs> what have I done? I thought guys were considered geeks by default until they prove otherwise, but... <laughs> True. Yeah, but how do you prove otherwise? That's the question. Is it, is it like a citizenship yo, test? Yo, I am so cool. <laughs> do you just do the yo, I am so cool? Yes. It's <laughs> called satire. <laughs> I wonder what a geek test would be, you know. Test your geekness to get See, a geek say- pass pass. See, you say geek test, but I'm thinking, you know that fitness test that they call the bleep test? Oh, is oh, it like, like that? <laughs> whoever, the person who invented the bleep test is probably dead by this point because it's been such a thing for such a long time. But whoever invented that, you're evil. <laughs> <laughs> the bleep test is evil. Well, you can always stop at any point if you don't feel like running anymore. You just get a lower score. <laughs> Not in physical, like PA, physical education. You had to run until you vomited or, you know, you didn't keep up. I hated cross country. Well, anyway, yeah, we're we're talking about sports this week, but not yet. If you Uh, hadn't guessed already. (laughs) A bit later on. This is The Geek Show. I am Owen and I am joined by others. I'm Rob. He's Rob. Last Lewis. Done. Quick. Sorted. Excellent. Efficient. Yes. (laughs) We got news. So let's get straight into it with uh, King Tut's Space Dagger. Right. It sounds like a 1960s sci-fi novel. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Tutankhamun, the boy king of Egypt, yeah. who died at the age of 18, and I'm not sure about this next part, apparently exploded in his coffin. No, spontaneously combusted inside his coffin, I should say. Well, it is hot in Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably dried out quite a bit at one point, actually. Yeah. But he apparently owned and was buried with a dagger that was made from meteoric iron. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did I hear about this? This has been a thing for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a new revelation. He's got a space dagger. When but, you say space dagger, it's such a, it's like a meteorite crashed on Earth. <laughs> and that's so rare. Whoever Tutankhamun's boys were, he sent his boys out to go and get the, the, <laughs> the, the, the meteorite. 
and carve it into a, a dagger, like the rarest dagger in the universe. Yep. Which is incredibly cool, but it's not quite as <laughs> silly sounding. It, no, no. It's a very, it's a, it's a typical thing like for a pharaoh and emperor to do. No, all I'm saying Something is... Something fell from the yeah. sky, make me a weapon out of it. Yeah, all I'm status saying thing. is... Yeah, yeah, it's a status thing. All I'm saying is, royalty does really slum it very differently to <laughs> us. <laughs> slum? <laughs> slumming it. I don't mean to be a downer, but like, in my mind, it might even just be a case of like, oh, there's like a rock and a big, like, crater around it. Let's make something out of it. See, normally, if you're talking about like ancient times, people would be more inclined to worship it than make a weapon out of it. That's the point. Yeah. That would be pretty cool, though. I have a space dagger. Yeah. I want a space dagger yeah. now. It, it would be quite an honor to be killed by that. I've just been. Killed by something from space. I'd even settle for a space shiv. <laughs> <laughs> you know. A space crowbar. Nah, nah, I mean. <laughs> no, a space kosh. A space crowbar, you got some pretty solid workmanship they're going to make. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because it's, like it's like a form of diamond, isn't it, though, really? When the way it's uh, the, the crystal effect of like the meteorite. So basically, like that, yeah. I'm not I mean, physics and chemistry and blah blah blah. Long time since I've done um, science, but it's basically a diamond sword. Well, not quite. I mean, I mean it's, it's not it, as hard as it's diamond. like carbonite. Sort of that sort of carbonite is a form of diamond because of the way the, the cells and blah blah blah. So yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I don't know science all that well. It's been a long time. Well, it's got high percentages of nickel and trace amounts of cobalt and various other things. So, yeah. It's just probably it... a very, very durable dagger. Yeah. Just to bring it back to Geekdom, there's a character from the first series, first run of Avatar, which has a space sword. What? Yeah, he did. I can't remember the name of the character. It's been a long time since I've saw it. But the one who wasn't a bender, which is, again, an odd, <laughs> an odd word to say out of context. He, the best character in it, by the way. See, he now, had a space sword. Now I'm having weird crossover images of Avatar the uh, and all of the Benders, but all I've got is Bender from Futurama <laughs> and just thousands of them. I think that was a name. Yeah. He is a metal Bender, so there is a fa- that is a thing. You know, metal Bender. I think it was Earth. If you become like a high level Earth Bender, you can bend metal. <laughs> and you this sounds OP. Yes. <laughs> you basically turn into Bender from Futurama. Next Probably level. could actually, if you can just manipulate metal as you wanted. Yeah. Enough to stop you from creating a suit that looks just like that. And uh, the water benders could bend blood. So, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on from that, the Bible. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's a, that's a natural progression. Oh. Yeah. Space sword, Bible. Are you saying Jesus had a space dagger? No. <laughs> <laughs> We was nailed to the cross with space nails. The Bible is going to be... There's a new version of the Bible that apparently they're working on. and New version of the Bible? Are they yeah. changing the greatest book ever written? I don't know. I didn't like the middle bit and the ending sucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a sucker for great expectations as well. <laughs> <laughs> you had a great start, but it just kind of went downhill need, it, from there. It needs more dragons. <laughs> needs more dragons. Satire! Yes. Because people don't like blasphemous stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they complain. Was... So satire, yes. I'm not being serious. Don't complain, <laughs> please. Well, I think we lost the audience in the Vatican. No, I think he, I think he's fine with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the new Pope's cool. New yeah. Pope is cool. He, he, he's really cool. Oh, that's true. He's happy in his three-foot hat. The Bible, all of, the, all of those long, pay, uh, you know, big pages filled with all sorts of words and everything like that like can get kind books. of tedious to read. Yeah? Please don't tell me it's about to become a picture book. 
Kind of. <laughs> oh, God. Kind of. This basically stems from a Twitter account of the same name and was written by somebody only known, uh, only known by, uh, a picture and was, it's been put up for sale on the iTunes store from Sunday and it's priced £2.49. It is called Bible Emoji Scripture for Millennials. No, it's not millennials at all. It's 12 year old kids. Not millennials. The new stop using that as such a yeah. catch all. What does millennial mean then? I think it was born after 1990, isn't it? Uh, well, I don't know. I just think it's. Uh, what would anyone... that make me a millennial then? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's but... used as such a term of insult as well. Because oh, when wow. I think millennial, I think someone who is like been brought up with technology all their life. Uh, millennials also known uh, yeah. generation like, Y. Uh, in my gen- case, like I. Oh, I'm a millennial as well. It's a millennial, also known as the millennial generation or generation Y, abbreviated the Gen Y, the demographic born between early 1980s and to around 2000. Hooray, I'm not millennial. That solves that then. So it's like three quarters of this table are millennials, apparently. (laughs) I'll take you all on. But yeah, we need a book that's so you, written in emojis, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> well, just, uh, just touching I wouldn't be able some, to understand it otherwise. Just so. touching on something that Lewis mentioned, you know, people who are raised with technology. The problem with that statement is that we've been raised with technology for quite a long time. Yeah, it's very old technology. That's, like, that's what I meant by that is basically like people have been brought up with modern technology for all of their lives. Like, I didn't have smartphones when I was younger. Digital technology rather than just, you like, know, like, yeah, yeah all, all what I'm you were saying, saying is, Rob. Uh, it, this, isn't, this, isn't, this is not about Lewis. It's just I've had that step, I've heard that statement loads of times. And I keep thinking, well, hang on. I wasn't bashing two rocks together no. just to try and make fire when I was a kid. It's internet. I think it's the internet. Not what I was saying. The internet. I, I think the generation who grew up with the internet. Yeah. I think that's what. Yeah. It's largely for people about. have yeah. been brought up with the internet because yeah. like, I've had internet for most of my life, but I only started using it often after about the age of like twelve. Ah, right. That's okay. what I mean. I didn't have like I started internet. using the internet when the internet first appeared. So I didn't have the internet at home until I was like nineteen. So I didn't exactly grow up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had it when I was. I had it at home when I was like four or five, but yeah. I just didn't yeah. use it a lot. Anyway, back to the Bible. Um, the new uh, book, <laughs> hang on, the new book is a, okay. is a translation of the King James Version, which is most, which most know as the authorized edition and says it explores all 66 books. So just like a written out version of the Bible, it's very long. Bible emoji clocks in at over three, uh, 3,200 pages, but luckily is available only in digital formats. Uh, this is quite insulting, isn't it? Yeah. Because, I mean, in my experience, it's this generation, the one coming up now, seem to be a lot more literate than they have been in a good while. Yeah. I mean, the, the schools are making like a concerted effort to ensure that kids read more, you know, and making bigger parts of it. Uh, just in me niece's school, for example, they've got this lesson which is recommended reader. They've got like a thing where they've got to, they've got to literally have a lesson where they read every week. Mm. So, so many efforts are being made to make kids more literate and more engaged with like that sort of thing. And then you get this guy. Who thinks, no, not a lot of thing. All the kids read emojis, yeah, lol, like. And that's insulting, I think. I think that goes to show just how much the internet has affected, like, my sort of generation. Because I feel like my generation, while like, everyone seems to be literate around my age, because they haven't been literally weaned on this stuff, hmm. they've been using the internet for a good part of their adult life and some of their adolescence. And it affects how they interact with each other. It's, it's like people are just generally less present with each other 
yeah, that is than they true. were before, yeah. Yeah. which I think is a bit of a shame, to be honest. But one of the comments on this story is is fantastic, saying that the book shouldn't be called her uh, Bible emoji scripture for the for millennials. It should be called uh, bull <laughs> for bellends. It's <laughs> a <laughs> so bull for bells. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing you can hear there. <laughs> Pretty, pretty creative name. I think they should make a stamp of it, and we can go around just stamping various books and TV shows with it. And people. <laughs> yes. And people. Oh, just a quick thing. That stings a bit. <laughs> just, just, just a quick thing. Right. Ushio and Tora, Rob. Yeah. Right? They've, got a, they've got a weapon in Ushio and Tora to fight against Hakumen Namono, mm. and it's called Trump. Oh, God. <laughs> this is like a, a growing, increasingly popular... Fight of the week, um, Sean and Anna. Well, it's not exactly fight of the week. Well, it, it has it's, bits of it, but that's that's easier way to describe yeah. it. But moving on to a smartphone that costs more than we do, I suppose. Uh, what the Solarin smartphone? It costs ninety five hundred pounds. What I want one of those. I want the money to buy one of those. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> one of those. <laughs> Does it have like made you access to the dark web or something? Probably so much. Maybe I don't know. Well, it doesn't say that, but basically, well, Rob will explain, I guess. Okay, this is a smartphone that's uh, a smartphone company called Sirin Labs has its startup that knows exactly how to get headlines. I suppose it's unveiled the Solarin, which is a handset that it doesn't actually wipe your backside, stroke your hair, or even tuck you in at night, according to this article. But it's still worth ninety five hundred pounds. It's a luxury mobile that apparently has a nifty security system called Zimperium, which Siren Labs says will protect rich people from those advanced device network and application mobile cyber attacks they just can't seem to get away from. There's something called chip-to-chip 256-bit AES encryption too, which is apparently what the army, uh, army use to talk to each other about various things. Even without that, it's kind of ugly. Yeah, it is a bit. You'd expect something for ninety five hundred pounds to be made out of like solid diamond to be made out of space, space meteorite. I'd expect <laughs> the phone made out of space meteorite. At least don't it's you durable. like the carbon fiber look? Yeah. No, it's just well the way it looks. It looks like a normal phone mm. uh, for the, the most part, except it's got this front bit which looks like it was soldered on top of like a blank phone, and it's got like a weird curve at the, uh, just at the front and the top. It's hard to describe, you know. The best yeah. bit about this, though. Right, the best bit about this is that it has a switch, right? Not just any switch. This switch apparently costs at least three thousand pounds, and this switch turns off probably all of the security features. That is an expensive and stupid switch. Yes, how big? I'm is glad the... somebody else has has agreed with me on this. How, how much? On, pay... uh, Sorry, if you're paying that much money to get on security. Yeah. Why would you don't you want... want to switch on the phone <laughs> no. that turns it off? Do you get, like, a security guard with it? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd be disappointed, frankly, if he wasn't. And uh, another thing, what, what, why that much? What, I mean, it's got the security, yeah. What else is there that validates that high price? Brand, they figured out how to sell it to people who have a point to prove. Does it have and like willing to pay that much to prove that point? Wow. What's the onboard memory like? What storage does it have? Because if it's like a terabyte, I'd say go yeah. for it. <laughs> but no, I'm, even I'm... then, it's still pretty pricey. Oh no, but like most phones have what, like between sixteen, not between eight and thirty-two onboard meg. If this wasn't like 
a ridiculous amount of storage on that phone, so you could have literally every app on the App Store on your phone. <laughs> I mean, well, it, has, yeah. it has some similar specs to yeah. normal phones, like it's got a 5.5 inch 2K display, yeah. um, um, 23.8 megapixel camera, an 8 megapixel forward facing. This oh, just in. Well, catch um, 4 gigs of RAM and 128 gig of inbuilt that, storage. That, that is pretty impressive. It is actually because most. Normal phones, two gig? Like, that's the upper end of what a phone is right now. Uh, what about, 30, yeah, 32 gig. Yeah. But that's, not like the RAM, I mean. Oh, the RAM, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like two most, gig, yeah, is about the limit. And this is, like, twice that. So, uh, it, at least it's better. Yeah. I mean, you're not paying for, like, a phone which you just, we got security. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> my, my laptop has four gigs of RAM. Exactly. <laughs> Even so, it's just really pricey for what it is. It's, yep. it's mostly you're just paying for a brand. Yep. It's a bit sad that we're still falling for that, but hey, it's got a you good, got the money for it. It's got good credentials, it. I suppose, so it's probably a good phone as well. I people from Google and Sony. Uh, it, ha- it has it. to be for like a ten for £10,000. Yeah. Does this come in like a two-year contract? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how expensive the two-year contract would oh, be, right. though. I just, I just like the fact yeah. that the phone's been released. I could take all my maintenance loan and grant Take it in one go and still not have enough for this phone. Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. Right. So it's not a student phone, definitely. Ah, okay. Now, this just in. We, the Geek Show Podcast Network, have been nominated by the public for the 2016 New Media Europe Community Award. Groovy cool. Hey. So that we'll sounds be, cool. We'll be putting out the uh, things on how to vote for us uh, on the website and on Facebook, Twitter, and various things like that later on. So, yeah. News anyway. is also news. Yes, yes, news is also news. Anyway, moving on to the Mirror's Edge, or Mirror's Edge, whatever you want to call That's it. That's just Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge. Don't be throwing Liz all over the place, Rob. Power mad. What? <laughs> I will call you the Rob. That makes me the definitive one, though. He sounds like the Rock's brother. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> There's an image you painted there. Does that mean I've got to walk around talking in third person now? Yes. Says that Rob would like that very much. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. I dare you to do the next show like that. No. <laughs> talking about the Warcraft movie. <laughs> <laughs> Might be fitting, oddly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Well, there it is again, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Mirror's anyway. Edge is getting turned into a TV series. <sighs> well, if you don't know what Mirror's Edge is, I mean, obviously everybody does, but uh, you play a if... character called Faith, who is a runner who takes messages across this uh, very futuristic, very crystal white cityscape. Yeah. And usually the games are based around some sort of um, conspiracy, which you've got to sort of bring out and, you know, be the champion of the people and blah blah blah. That's it. See, Mirror's I'm, I'm, Edge kind of confused me. Right, you're a runner and you take messages and stuff like that. So basically, you're a courier, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Who does parkour? Okay, fine. But we live in an age now where a lot of people have drones. So surely, and those drones can deliver stuff for you. Hmm. So surely, if you want something delivered like three buildings over, you basically attach it to a drone, fly it over there. And then fly your drone back. Maybe that's one of the common, Drones weren't commonplace when the original Mirror's Edge came out, though. I know. It's just I expected to see a lot more drones in Mirror's and, Edge 2. And the thing is, this isn't based too closely on reality, so they can suggest that maybe once upon a time there was this one this one arc, right, where Faith was having like a turf war with the drones. 
Silliness aside, though, I don't think there's enough there. It, yeah. On the, and you have the fifth character, which would be nice to have, like, a Chinese or Oriental, I don't know what particular uh, ethnicity faith is, having a female character of a different race than, you know, white American. Yeah. Or, or white mm. Hispanic American, which is only what they'd do right now. So it'd be nice. I mean, sure. there's been uh, constant claims recently of Hollywood being a bit too racist. So... Yeah, this is maybe it's it got something to do with that, but maybe it hasn't. But even so, it's nice to see like a, a, an act, a part of the acting community get a shot to like lead a project rather than being the quirky one. Well, we hope so, anyway. Yeah, because that's what the like, Asian American actors. Yeah, that's what they get cast as, don't they? We hope that's what the, that's what the case is going to be. But as like the tech expert, yeah, or the smart mouth one, or. Yeah, but that's what I'm Something saying. Like we that, don't know yeah. who's going to play the player faith yet. We we hope it will be a suitable actress. But you know, given the way things are working these days, it'll be Scarlett Johansson. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to go down that angle. I was I'd... just I was going to go down the angle of given the way that things are working these days. Since Faith is a, since Faith is a strong female lead character, chances are they're going to turn her into a guy because they did the ghost turn the Ghostbusters into women. Yeah, you know how many other things are they basically saying? Oh yeah, this was a guy thing back in the eighties, and so we'll make it all women now because the new millennium. And so, because it's the new millennium, because millennials, yeah, because millennials, <laughs> I think that Faith should be a guy called Faith. Yeah, the the fans wouldn't go for that. I yeah. don't know. I think it kind of goes to show that just swapping the gender or the ethnicity of a character for no reason. My not point, a good exactly. idea. No. Which is kind of the point I was making sarcastically. Yeah. Anyway, yes. So, Mirror's right. Edge TV series. You're going to say yeah. on there? I was just going to say, um, if they do the TV series and they keep the main character a woman, um, I want to throw a name out there. Um, Kelly Who to play her? Ooh. She does sound familiar. What yeah, chief? interesting choice. What chief from? I remember her from Martial Law. She was, I think she was in yeah. Prince of, no, she wasn't Prince of Persia. No, she wasn't in Prince of Persia. She was I definitely Martial Law. Though. Yeah. Might be a bit old for the role now. You know, that's, that's the whole. Yeah. Martial Law was Sammo Hung's uh, yeah. American vehicle. I can understand yeah, what you're getting Of all the at. names to have. I mean, there's, yeah. I don't know, Rinko Kukichi, let's do her because she's brilliant. Yeah. That's, uh, I can't remember the name of the character. Do you want to rephrase that? <laughs> No. <laughs> She's like the female... I guess she was a female lead from Pacific Rim. Yeah, she was. Mm. Yeah. She'd be very good. I mean, she was thrown about for the lead in uh, Ghost in the Shell as well. She'd be perfect for that too. Yeah. Because that's how it works in America. You're only allowed one Asian character. <laughs> and then, you know, they replace them with the new one, then the new one. They replaced yeah. Jackie Chan. He's gone. Yeah, this is true. He's been replaced in... Uh... He's been replaced by... Rush hour by uh, been, less expensive. He's, been, no, he's, been, he's replaced with it by Donnie Yen and Donnie Yen because he's in the new Star Wars, isn't he? Yeah, is he? Yeah. Thing is, the one that's out of Christmas. they've got they've, got, oh, they've yeah. got the Rush Hour TV series, and then replaced Jackie Chan and uh, and Chris Tucker. Yeah, with uh, less expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just, that's all they're going to be. They're just going to be less expensive Jackie Chan and less expensive Chris Tucker. Yeah. Hope they do something interesting with it though, because they've got like a great platform to do something really challenging and interesting. Yeah, even if it's based on a video game. Yeah, right. Moving on to the final story, and robots are a thing. Yeah. Yes. Are you aware that there is a thing called robot bullying? No, I am uh, not. Okay. And there is a thing called robot bullying on purpose for science. 
oh, is this like robot was over and stuff and sorry when they push them over and see if they can yeah. stand up. And a all while that. ago, they were. What, is, wh- it, is it like? It's like the main straight is what you're going to do by run to your mama <laughs> and keep doing that. Run to your mother, okay. boss. Kind of, is it well, going to be it's kind of 90s? what they did over at Boston Dynamics. Is it going to be the main straight? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's more kind of. Are you going to run to your mother, boss? Yeah. <sighs> I was anyway. making a bad joke and <laughs> I just made it worse. <laughs> over at Boston Dynamics a while ago, they basically took their Atlas robot, which is that giant kind of proto Cylon. And they started pushing it with a hockey stick. And, you know, you having to go, you having to go, you having to go. But and then the robot spills its pint and then it all goes oh, out no, of control. Oh, no, it gets worse. German researchers at Leibniz University in Hanover have taken it a step further. Right? Germans. Yeah. According to them, a robot needs to be able to detect and classify unforeseen physical states and disturbances, rate the potential damage they may cause to it, and initiate appropriate countermeasures. That's what they're saying. So when you've got celebrities talking about stamping out bullying, we're now moving it to robots. Yeah. They've basically given a robot an artificial nervous system to teach it how to feel and react to pain. Is this what's going to happen? We're going to get, like, uh, you know those adverts where you get, like, uh, Hugh McGregor goes to Africa and <laughs> asks for money for, yeah. like, clean water? I don't know what. I think he's Amnesty International anyway, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Hugh McGregor. But is it going to have one where it's bended, you're saying? Think of the poor robots <laughs> raised in these factories. And if you send us our money, we can save these poor robots from these bullying factories. You just say it right now. Is Bender going to gonna turn into Rosie O'Donnell at some point? Uh, yes. Anyway, anyway, that's the final news story. So we will take a break there and we'll be back in a moment with a couple of books, surprisingly. Hey, this is Nico Robin from One Piece, and you're listening to The Geek Show. Hi, here at The Geek Show, we're a voluntary organization, so we really appreciate some money from our lovely listeners. And we don't just expect to take your money for free. Why not buy some of our lovely things in The Geek Shop? We have clothes and caps, which are also clothes, but they're different clothes to shirts. Which is another item of clothes that we sell. Buy them, buy them all now. Consume endlessly. Welcome back to the show. And we've got a bit of a weird tone for the review section this week. Usually it's movies, anime, uh, games, games yes. stuff like that. Stuff like that. But now, none of that at all. It's books. Those things that you get in libraries and and uh, bookshops. But weirdly, these <laughs> are books about video games and movies. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. Um, I'll go first, I think. Book that I have, the movie it's tried is Star Wars, and it's about uh, The Force Awakens Incredible so- Cross-Sections, it's called. Now, this is a odd book. It goes through the most recent and excellent film, I'll have to say. Uh, certain things that are very common in the Star Wars universe is its ships. It's modes of transport. The Millennium Falcon is one of the most iconic in all cinema history, just for one example. But in this case, it goes through the things that are used in The the Force Awakens, and it has some very nice illustrations of all the separate ships that are used in the, the thing, and has nice stills as well. But the illustrations are... They're taking like the, the top layer of like metal off, so you can see inside the actual mechanics. Kind of, yeah, seeing the workings. Yeah, and it says this is what each bit does. And it's really fascinating. I mean, it's a detail that you'll never get and just 
see in a movie because it's not interesting at all to see in a movie. This is a very specific type of book for a very specific type of person. But what's particularly interesting is one particular illustration which helps a, a scene come alive a little bit more, I think. Um, there's a scene um, when we first meet Han Solo and he's doing like a, a trade-off in this massive ship. It's like, where well, they find the Millennium Falcon? And that little illustration, a lot, it does add that context of saying this is what all the bits do and this is what is it contained in each section. It just works on a level which uh, action scenes work best when you know where things are and you know where people are. Yeah. And with an illustration like that, putting into context how that ship is and what it is and where everything is, it makes that scene work better for my money. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of like you can understand the scene more because at some point this looks like people in random corridors you don't know where about oh exactly yeah yeah that's a better way of putting it that is a better way of putting it but yeah it's it's really an intriguing book very nicely uh very glossy page set out so some of the uh, screenshots it's taken a screenshot that's not the right word some of the stills is taken from the movie like uh when you got like big crowd scenes just look lovely they look like they've been taken from like a blu-ray and just put on a paper which is really really nice um but for me it's an odd book because well, it's just not for me. It's a very specific type of, I will say, it's kind of nerdy look at sci-fi. And it's basically I a book aimed at me or Owen. Yeah, 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 it's a book aimed at you too. I mean, looking at how these, I mean, these things will never fly and half of the things are say are gibberish to sort of modern, modern um, engineers and mechanics yeah. and whatnot. But at the same time, just seeing that aspect, oh, yeah. seeing a different light on like these things which basically keep the series afloat. Yeah, it's really well, intriguing. I, I mean, uh, Owen, when he saw that fold out of the Star Destroyer, I thought he was going to start licking the pages. Oh, it was it was so beautiful. Just having a look at sort of like the the layout of the decks and where the like the engines, and the weapons, and the hangar bits. So, you, so, so way, that kind of detail inside. The, the way you describe it, you it, you make it sound like one of those Playboy foldouts. <laughs> <laughs> Check September. out the guns on that. <laughs> Miss September. Why I never knew. <laughs> oh, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fun. It's a beautiful book. It's it's like the very definition of like a table book, uh, a coffee table book, but it's like a coffee table book in the nerdiest house in the galaxy. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an audience. To find out, find out more about her bridge. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful little thing for the the sci- serious sci-fi fan in your life. Yeah, so me and Owen, yes. <laughs> so yeah, the Star Wars: The Force Awakens, incredible cross sections. Um, got some nice little written passages as well. Put up by DK. Very good book. Yep. Oh, good. Right. So moving on to me, and I have the updated and expanded World of Warcraft Ultimate Visual Guide. Very good timing because the movie was just released on Monday. Yeah, and this is also from DK Books, and this one's quite a uh, quite a striking, colourful. This one's a lot bigger than the cross sections for. Well, it's got more of a galaxy to uh, go with because that was the Force Awakens. It's just one movie. World of Warcraft is what ten years of a video game. Is it like a bit of a strategy guide then, or well, it's not so much a strategy guide. Guide to universe. It's more a guide to the world, to the universe of, uh, to the world of Azeroth, and to the some of the characters, and to it gives you an idea of what kind of uh, it gives you a little bit of idea of the law of the world. And the characters who are there, the NPCs, the major players, that sort of thing. So it starts off with, say, the introduction, the world of Azeroth, realms of Azeroth, uh, the world divided, the races of Azeroth, bastions of power, realms of magic, technology, and legendary weapons. 
just a brief overview of those. And then it goes into the Chronicles of Azeroth. So you have the timeline, the Titans and all gods, Sagaras and various other things like that. Then it moves on to the characters who are in the Alliance and the characters who are in the Horde. And then you've got the Pandaren, uh, heroes and villains of alternate Draenor and heroes and villains of Azeroth. And in amongst them, you have, you know, people who are neutrals like the Pandaren and various things like that. And it goes into detail about, uh, about some of the events, say in the Story Chronicles, you got the sea, the Siege of Ogrimmar, and it talks about how the race was divided, uh, sorry, the Orcs were divided as a race, and uh, various things like that. And then you've got the Trial of Garrosh Hellscream. These are all things that have been referenced in the actual game itself. And a few of those are in the movie, too. Yeah. And uh, locations, you've got places like Ice Crown Citadel and... Then you've got Denizens of Draenor and Breakers and all sorts of things like that. It's a weird book, right? Because if you don't know anything about World of Warcraft, then you'd sit there and you go, I don't get this. I don't understand anything about it. But if you've played World of Warcraft, then you start, it starts making a lot more sense. So it's not for like people who aren't familiar with it then? It's not or for people who aren't familiar with it. They wouldn't be able to get anything out of it. They, just, it's not that they wouldn't be able to get anything out of it. It's just, it's just they don't know... It doesn't really explain how certain things are put together. Um, mm. Just on that note, I think the reason it's been released now is, well, the fact the, the Warcraft movie has been released, and uh, there's so much mythology to that movie. And there's so much world building that it, it can, it does come across as a little bit alien for somebody like me who doesn't know the first thing about uh, Warcraft. Yeah. So this book, if it, it, it paints um, the movie. And everything it says and the world it's referencing in much um, cleaner, much cleaner passages. You see what I mean? Yeah. Because it's a bit intimidating having this in the universe just dropped on your foot and you have no sort of a foothold within it. But this is a book which will work for yeah. those people, I think. Well, I mean, there's a handy map in the book which uh, describes the world of Azeroth, and it's it's one of those pieces where it's a complementary thing to go with the world. It's not meant to explain everything. But what it is encouraging, trying to encourage people to do is explore the world. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's like I'm playing The Witcher right now, and there's yeah. so much to the world of The Witcher that it is a bit much. But if you had, like, I don't know, like, a tour guide? I suppose, actually, a, a I suppose that's what you... That's, it is basically a tour guide for Azeroth. It is a bit. I mean, like, it's got a lot of pictures, but it's pretty wordy as well. So yeah. I can see what you mean. Like, as someone who's not into World of Warcraft, it's... It is kind of a tour guide to Azeroth. I, I think Rob's got the word. It's not like the ultimate visual. Well, it does have the word guide on there as well. So I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, mine's I'm original. I never stole anything. Honest. So, I think fans will like it, though. Yeah, I think fans will definitely like it. It's one of those ones where if you're a hardcore World of, War, World of Warcraft fan, you'd want it on your shelf. There's a lot of new eyes in it as well, so I think it yeah. would help Lemmas too. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for uh, the reviews. That was short and sweet. Hmm. We'll be back in a moment with uh, the main show. Hi, my name's Kate Ashwin. I draw Widdishins at widdishinscomic.com and you're listening to The Geek Show. Hello, are you enjoying the show? Well, if so, a donation would be a huge help and much appreciated and help us provide more geeky goodness for your ear holes. You can donate by pressing the button on the right-hand side of our website. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And now we're going to be talking about sports. Sports? Yeah, yeah sports. sports. Good afternoon, sports fans. We've got a great game for you today. <laughs> <sighs> Damn it. 
Let's talk about games first. Because games is the obvious, it's the elephant in the room, and it's possibly the biggest part of... I mean, uh, video games, that is the biggest genre. Say what you want. Uh, say games about sports aren't really games, blah, 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 rah, rah, oh, rah. I'm, games I'm sick, aren't I'm, sports. I'm sick of hearing... Uh, well, it's not the games <laughs> aren't sports, <laughs> it's just basically... Like, FIFA isn't actually a video game, apparently. I'm like, well, what? Yeah, None but that's a pretty dumb thing to say. So None of that. Because these, these, these are so-called gamers. Because those telling, games. Uh, saying to me that something like a racing game isn't really a game, even though they've just called it a racing game. Your WWEs, your NBAs, your FIFAs, your PEZs, your NHLs. Your F1s. Your F1s. Your dirt rallies. All of these. They're your biggest selling games i'm a gamer and games are my identity and i choose what my identity is so i choose what games are and what games aren't is it, is it that's basically where they're coming the from. same attitude yeah. was that the nintendo way wasn't a console there was that attitude was circling for a while as yeah, well yeah it's there's it's, it's, it's no point in being exclusionary like that really it doesn't really achieve anything or help with categorization or understanding games it's just people being silly it'd just be yeah. snobbish yeah, yeah. snobby yeah, that is true. Video game sports, which ones our goes to? Because you you do have your franchises. Yeah, it's, you do. You Everybody... don't you, you don't you dip in. You don't dip in and then dip out. You no. have these recurring titles that you 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 grab and go for. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't saying anything there either. What? <laughs> have I worded it funny again? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh God. Okay. You can dip in and dip out as much as you want. <laughs> I was about like a pool. You were testing the pool to see if the water was hot or not. And you're just dipping your toe in. And you think, that's a bit cold. Not going to bother with that. From oh. people's reactions, I think, I think things have gotten a bit hot, right? Yeah. <laughs> Might as well just dive on in. Just innuendo of him. He just can't help himself. I wasn't the one who... <laughs> I'm getting the blame here when you were the first one to laugh. I, always... I went... I went... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your shot always instigated. That's what I did. You're patient oh. zero. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Anyway. Like, it wasn't even a... It was just like... I know. <laughs> and that was enough just... to set you off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, so as you said, yeah, everybody has their own franchises that they automatically go back to. Uh, in terms of football games, mine's obviously FIFA. Although I am a big fan of PES over the last couple of years because oh. PES, the playing football on PES... Playing the actual game on Pro Evolution Soccer over the, for the last couple of years has been so much better than playing it on FIFA. Well, enough of, we talk about sports a lot, like me and you, Rob. What about you, Owen? And uh, well, I myself, you know, I, I play rugby, but I don't actually play many sports games. The, I, I, I play racing games. That's, that's still a sport. Yeah, well, yeah well, that's true. But Just whatever you do, don't try and play rugby games <laughs> on a console. Well, there was. <laughs> was I, like I'll one, end up headbutting my remote in anger. I think there yeah. was someone at PlayStation 2. I mean, I think EA tried the hand at a rugby game. Yeah, I don't well, think it was particularly a, successful. Thing, the problem with it, rugby it's games... It's a very hard game to make a, an actual video game out of. Uh, so that would be why there isn't many of them. Uh, it's not just that. I mean, uh, the problem with rugby games is... When it's rugby league, it's actually a lot easier to make a game out of it. Yeah. But when it's rugby union, it becomes more complicated. Because you've got there's so many rules. I mean, I watch rugby and I don't even know what some of the, <laughs> some of the rules are. I mean, 
It's like when they started making cricket games, you like, but the don't thing is, understand oh what's going on. I didn't understand the games, but I think it was on the PlayStation 1, there was a Brian Lara cricket, and it was actually yeah. really good. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a PS1 game. I've never played it, but I've seen advertisements for it. Yeah. yeah. It was actually really entertaining, but... Wasn't there a cricket game, uh, was it uh, last year or the year before, where it was uh, voted the worst game of that year, even though it actually never got released? Don't know about that. Because it got kind of halfway through development and then they realised it was just going to be a really, really bad game and then pulled development and it got, still got voted wow. the worst game of the year. So what about motorsports then? Because I know you said you played them. Oh yeah, uh, I played a fair few recent games. Formula 1s I find quite interesting games because of course you go through the season and you can progress from a low tier team right up into like, the, the big leagues. Yeah. But the, the franchise I've mainly stuck with my life has been Need for Speed. Is that well, a sports game? That, well, it's a racing game. It's street of. racing. It's yeah. not street sanctioned racing. racing. It's yeah. kind of yeah. It's kind of one of those. Is it? Isn't it? Like to just qualify as a driving game or as a sport well, racing game? I think I like the new one though. It's yeah. good car builds. Yeah. But it, it, the thing is, it is it is sports technically. I mean, even Burnout could be classed as sports because it's mm. competitive and. Illegal. It's, well, it's illegal. It's very illegal. But crash like, junctions. That's that should. That's the new esports. We should just have like Burnout Three's Crash Junctions. No, because that was brilliant, and there was oh, so much yes, strategy in it. Culling. Yes. But the thing is, it's a group of people uh, all going for like to win a thing, and this is ramming each other off the road and as they do it. And there's money in it, and yeah. So I'd yeah. say street racing, even though it's incredibly illegal. <laughs> It's still technically a sport. Yeah. And I, I think some people, like, they do sort of events, but, like, on tracks, and maybe they yeah. try and keep the sort of street racing yeah. vibe to it. But there's ways to sort of legalize a street racing type thingy. And it has without, yeah. It has proved to be a gateway as well. I mean, people do yeah. street race and they enjoy it so much to do, like, uh, take Profes- it to, like, professional race yeah. courses well, and stuff. Yeah. So that is... It's a gateway. It's a gateway. Yeah, it, it is a gateway. It's weird that you mentioned that because uh, over in uh, over in Japan, you had uh, titles like Initial D and Wanga Midnight and stuff like that. And Initial D was literally about a street racer who basically start uh, and the people around him uh, start turning professional. Mm. You know, start going into professional racing, making yeah. their own race teams, getting sponsors, that sort of thing. Mm. But uh, we'll talk about that later. We're on video games right now. I know. I'm just yeah. saying it's it. It was relevant. So I yeah, no, it. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. On the subject of racing sports games, there's also rally rally games. There are there are definitely sports games. I mean, I can't say for like the current iteration. Yeah. But with like Colin McRae Rally, which I used to play, yeah, that is very much a sport based game. I think. Yeah. The few rally games we actually have like. This generation, I of three of them, two of them are actually simulations, and mm. the third one is based off of the WRC, the World Rally Championship. So, yeah, yeah, it was last generation. We didn't have a lot of rally games, or at least yeah. dedicated no. rally games. There used to be touring car racing games, but I think they kind that of was died. PS. Uh, that was PS One Talker. Was, yeah, uh, but then the, that turned into Grid. Yeah, yes. that turned into Grid. With, uh, but you, Grid Autosport is very sort of sports based. Yeah, like they the, have touring cars. They oh, have oh, like DTM cars. They have. Yeah, the, the rise, cars and all of that. The rise of extreme sports, ironically, killed the, <laughs> the yeah, racing game. I think it was like Travis Pastrama or whatever his name was. Yeah. The sort of guy who... Block. It was... They oh, bought a... Sponsored they by bought like a sort of style. Or at least yeah. they were promoted with a sort of style that, I guess, drew certain types of people in, but kind of diluted the 
the sort of hardcore nature of the sports that they were doing and it yeah. really bugged people and it affected games like Dirt 2 and all of that. And The thing about yeah. like rally games is they're all time trial. That's basically all it is. You get mm. like uh, a track which, yeah. which varies, you know, you've got like your assistant driver. I can't speak for the modern ones, but you go through these um, little things at the side of the road and you've got like zones to yeah. each level yeah. and you've got to the get those zones. Yeah. Yeah. Checkpoints. Yeah. And it's a time trial. That's basically all those games are, but I mean, there's much more to it than that. Yeah, there's more to it, but uh, well, it's because the they rallying compared to track racing, rallying is closer to an obstacle course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it, a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's why like autocross is considered similar in a way, I guess. Yeah, I mean the amount of times in Colin career that I try at a corner, I go too fast, end up hitting a tree. It's yeah, we've all done that. It takes the danger off, yeah. doesn't it? Because if you want to try that, I don't want to die. But, no, I, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, so, there so, are certain types of racing games though where. You need a hell of a lot of skill to play. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, just jumping off the whole the whole F one because F one is pure. I, I mentioned this before. I classify racing games into two types: there's the arcade racer and the technical racer. The technical there racer being crossover. more like there is some crossover, like Sega Rally. That's both. Yeah, there's, there's is some it? Cross- yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I th- nah, Sega, Sega Rally is pretty te- arcade. Yeah. I would say. What is it? Sega Rally's yeah. an arcade I was really racer. bad at it and it felt like a Yeah, it, it, just really... The older ones, I haven't played them in a while, so I can't say, but the new Sega Rally, was, it took a fair amount of skill to play it well, yeah. but it, was, it wasn't it was like very technical in a sort of realistic sense. Yeah. Okay. And then you've got racing games like F1, which is a purely a technical racer. Mm. Um, but moving away from the cars to the bikes... For a second, because yes. my God, when you have a racing game involving motorbikes, it becomes oh so much more complicated. Because I've tried the uh, was it uh, the MotoGP ones uh, we reviewed on the show ages ago, and those are really difficult because yeah. it's all about I it's had a like a bunch of those. Yeah. yeah, it's all about like motocross and. Being able to control that bike, being able to control two wheels, because no, it's not just the two wheels you're controlling. You have to control your body position when you're landing. I think off a just, jump. Wait, right? MotoGP. Was it MotoGP? Or was it was something it, like that? It must have been something else because MotoGP is like as like tarmac based sort of stuff. Uh, might be thinking of a and, different game. Yeah. I'll, I'll have a look. Hey, can I'll be excite bike. It, it, it is like excite bike, but you had to control your body position. And hey, stuff there's like that. a thing. Just on that point, bring that back, Nintendo. Super. Hang on. Bring back Wave Racer. Bring back all these old racing games you used to do, not just Mario Kart. But anyway, um, I think the reason why racing games on bikes are harder is just riding a motorbike's harder. Well, it's not just on a, that... on a car, I mean, I've, I can drive a car. It's it's easy enough, you know. I think it might be like just a lot of people have played car racing games, but not yeah. bike racing games, so they have to adapt to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not just that. Because... I mean, in a car, there's like four wheels. It's all equally distributed. You move the wheel, and that's all you have to move. I mean, you have to like, uh, increment your speed. Like, yeah. Uh, representatively or whatever yeah. but in a motorbike it's not just you put your foot on that or like, turn the throttle and you move and the car goes where you want it to a bike goes where you want it to you got to put in your body position you got to put momentum you got to put wind speed you got to put so much which oh, yeah. well yeah but a lot a, much bigger a video, way. a video game will take care of a lot of that for you kind of like how a lot of video games with cars will take care of a lot for you yeah. but it's just that you yeah you do have to think about body positioning because i whether you're leaning forward or back will determine things and a lot of games have that but i think outside of that though it's like the cars the bikes just sort of handle differently yeah 
And if you Absolutely. sort of, but because you're playing like a bike game on a track and a car game on the track, there's the transferable skills kind of mesh in a weird way and yeah. it just makes it harder. At least yeah. that's what I found when I was playing motorbike games. I, I totally agree with you on that one. Motorbike games, initially they feel like they handle completely differently, but then you find that there's certain skills that you've picked up from racing games, which you can use with the, with the, you know, from car racing games, I should say, that you can use with the motorbike game. Yeah. But some stuff doesn't work, and that's yeah. just where it gets confusing, and it can lead to crashes and stuff. Yeah. But that's one of the reasons why you play the game is to practice, so you can learn how to control it. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I've as I played some of the MotoGP games, and yeah, but there's not that many of many motorbike games outside of that, so don't have much experience with motorbike games. No, it wasn't. It wasn't GP. It was the uh, TT ones. Yes, yeah, TT. Not yeah. the Isle of Man. No, not the Isle of Man. It was uh, something well, like Isle of Man. Listeners will be so offended by Moto GP is on the uh, <laughs> is on the superbikes, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. I think superbikes a bit different, but yeah, yeah, similar um, sort of thing. I'm on about the ones where you're on like the uh, dirt rallies bikes, you know. Yeah, the you're thinking bikes. of motocross. Yeah, motocross, I don't know what game you're referring motocross. to. But... No, it's motocross. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I, again, I don't know what the game was called you're talking about, but yeah. But... yeah. But that's the one I'm talking about because when you're coming off the when you're coming off the jump and you're basically landing in mud, yeah, you have to control your body position, but you have to control, you know, how fast you're going to, on the landing and how fast you're coming off the jump, things like that. It's, that said, that applies to rally cars as well. Yeah, it's just that you can't lean in the air to control that, but you gotta like determine that as you come off the jump. Yeah. And yeah. That decides how your car leans. Extreme sport because Segway. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to go on to next. Skate. One, two, three, skate three, good game. Before yeah. that, it was like uh, Tony Hawk's. Tony Hawk's was like. Tony Hawk's 2 was like a real. I think. Everyone, transition moment for yeah. like extreme sports and video yeah. games. It became so popular. The music was everywhere. Yeah. Everybody wanted to try skateboard, and it was such, <laughs> such a massive thing. I was part of that. That's the reason why my nose is crooked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same. Funnily <laughs> enough. Um, but then it kept on going and kept on going. And then Fug came. And then American Underground or whatever it was called. American Can't, Wasteland. American, that was the one. Yeah. And then people were like, just, ah, oh, it's enough of this. It's rubbish. And then Skate yeah. happened. And then Skate came out of nowhere. And the world it was, was like, good game. wow, where's this been? This is so <laughs> cool. Because if you've not played Skate, because it's been a while since the last one was released, even though it was very popular about a year ago, two year ago on like, uh, YouTube video players. Because it was, because there was like the. Did people let's play it a lot. Oh, they did a little bit ago because oh, okay. they had to reissue Actually, it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because of the bales as well. All the glitches are... And the, yeah, yeah. there's so many glitches in that game for some reason, <laughs> but it made the game better. But the, the way it plays is really like, war, like rewarding because uh, you have like... It's, it's, just a, um, it's a shooter method. You have one stick controls where you go and the other stick controls how you react with a board. So if you do up down on a stick, you'll do like an ollie, which is just a jump and land. Yeah. But if you do like uh, up, twist it all the way around and back again. You do like, I don't know, like a 360-something. Mm. It's, it's really challenging and really interesting. And talking about the controls, like the Tony Hawk's games had like decent controls. They worked and all of that. And obviously they had like real tricks and real skate skaters. So obviously it's alluding to the fan base in that sense. But what I really liked about the skate games is that if you understand how skateboarding tricks work and like how grabs work and all of that, rather than having to learn the whole move list, you go, okay, Left hand, right hand, front foot, right foot. This tilts my skateboard up. This tilts my skateboard down. This movement controls my foot this way. This movement controls my foot that way. You can pretty much figure out what trick you want just by using the right combination of your hands and your feet and stuff like that. 
And so the trick system just makes perfect sense and once you sort of understand how the moves work. Explains the tricks to you. I mean, if you want to learn how to do skateboarding, then you pick it up from like Tony Hawk's. If I press square this many times, and if I keep on balancing the, <laughs> the, the, the stick, I can do like a manual for like a week. <laughs> So, <laughs> but it how, work like that. how did it compare with something like SSX then? That's just pure arcade. Yeah. I adore SSX. SSX Tricky is one of my favourite games of all time, so is SSX Free. I adore those things, but it's pure arcade. Mm. Pure, okay. absolute arcade. I did like a 1480 uh, move <laughs> and a 1480, a 900 took years for anybody to do that in skateboarding. I feel like I've seen like 3,000 degree spins on SSX, but yeah, I'm remembering have. wrong. <laughs> you probably have, to be honest. There's some very uh, big jumps. But yes, SSX is just... It's very it's easy a very game. different sort of game. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't even know. If they tried it again recently. I think it was SSX on tour. And it was really, really bad. Like, they lost... The whole point of SSX was it's supposed to be silly. You're supposed to go up these, like, 400-foot jumps... Well, and like that new one, like that was just called SXX. That was like really gritty. Wasn't that still like quite over the top in terms of its gameplay as well? It was, but it just lost all of the color. Yeah, and yeah. like it gave. There was like, really reason to take that away. Was a no. I think it was like four mountains, and you had to go from like the very top to the very bottom. Was it directed by Zack Snyder? Probably. Just the soul had gone. Yes, and you know, Jack Jack Snyder, sorry, yeah, has no soul because he <laughs> is an automaton. Yes. Anyway, shall we leave that there for a second, take a quick break? Hi, this is Private Dick Simmons from the popular web series Red vs. Blue, and you're listening to The Geek Show. Sarge approved. Think you're a film buff? Then tune into Cinema Eclectica, and guaranteed you'll find out about films that you've never heard of. Hello, and welcome back to The Geek Show on The Geek Show Podcast Network. We are um, still looking at sports in our various uh, favorite medias. Sports. I think we're looking at films, TV, and manga now, aren't we? Well, just in general, we're looking at everything, but... You know. I think me, you can't talk about... We're not talking about movies and TV, though. Let's, let's jump on that one first. Because there's so much. I mean... Well, everybody I mean, get up. It's time to stand, slam now. <laughs> what, what, what's he doing, Rob? I don't know. What's we he doing? got a real jam going down. <laughs> I'm sorry, space continue. <laughs> oh, is it a Space Jam thing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't recall any enough detail, to be honest. Sorry. Just a blinding headache whenever <laughs> it's on. <laughs> well, for a, a film that was supposed to be about team of Looney Tunes with Michael Jordan uh, playing basketball. Uh, well, he'd retired from basketball. He became a baseball player yeah. and like he was really bad at it. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that. Yeah. Right. Uh, it fe- yeah, I, mean, I think that was actually it was a parody, wasn't it? Because didn't he do that? Yeah, he was life? playing ba- baseball at the start, and then no, no. Film. I mean, actually, in real life, didn't he do something like that? Or didn't yeah, somebody actually, do something like that? Oh, he actually did quit basketball to play baseball. Oh, so that's true. Yep. Oh, oh that's <laughs> really confusing. I thought you were talking about real life, but you were talking about at the start of Space Jam. Oh, it's both, but I it think. Was, yeah, but it was, it was golf. I think. No, Space no, Jam. Bill Murray was playing golf. Oh, okay. That. Yeah, I, they were playing golf with. Michael Jordan. He's, he's a bit of a sports horror as Michael Jordan yeah. in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh. Featured three different sports, but I'm pretty sure in real life he did quit. He quit bas- basketball to play baseball, wasn't very successful, then went back to basketball. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened. Yeah, it does sound right. Yeah, but it, it's, it's more about the Looney Tunes, that movie, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's my problem. If it was like a proper basketball movie, I mean, I don't think there's enough good basketball movies. Uh, they all, there's like, oh, what was that one called? Uh, Cheat. Yeah, Samuel Jackson was in it. 
Uh, he was teaching a bunch of inner city kids to actually do something with their lives. And it was through the basketball team and he was like a hard-nosed coach. Coach Carter, was it? Does that sound right? I mean, that's not... That's, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. It's not a great movie, but it's about, like, the sport. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I remember a, a film I watched when I was a kid years and years ago about this sportsman who had been found guilty of fixing a baseball game and for his community service he had to work in an orphanage and he ended up turning these kids into, like, a, a junior Cyborgs. league... <laughs> into, oh. into a, a high school baseball team and it was actually a really good film I do recall something like yeah. that The Mighty Ducks oh. wasn't that The Mighty Ducks <laughs> no it's not it's, The Mighty Ducks I know it sounds like The Mighty Ducks that's though. like ice hockey yeah and the Anaheim oh. Ducks but it's also um, it was I think he was a lawyer wasn't he it's something like that yeah And Emilio Estevez wasn't it yeah whatever happened to Emilio Estevez he became a director and he was just sick of it a little bit, so he's gone a bit after Boyle and he come back up again in a little bit. But but there's a lot of sports movies. There's a lot yeah. of movies that involve sports. I mean, uh, because it, it, as a thing, we all have some sort of connection with sports. Right. Every, every well, country's got the national sport. Yeah. yeah. And I have yet to see a Kabaddi movie. Well, well, I don't know about that. I mean, England, we have loads of football movies. I don't think any of them are particularly good. And has anyone actually done a movie about cricket? Seriously? I don't know. Not that I know. Speaking of football films, there's, there's Bend It Like Beckham. Well, that was it's like a... first that comes to mind. But, that is yeah. a very progressive movie, you know, because uh, women's football has only really recently started to come to any sort of prominence. Mm. Mm. My God, there's a lot of basketball movies. America was like the the far front, the far runner with uh, women's football. Cause that's why they're so good at it, and that's why they're so ahead of the curve. But yeah. that movie, how long ago was that movie? That was like what ten years ago. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so, um, that was a really there... progressive movie yeah. when you think about. It. Even though I don't think it's particularly good, but yeah. Right. yeah. Wasn't there a uh, Sean Bean football movie? Because he's a massive. Yeah, uh, yeah. When Saturday comes, he, yeah, yeah. When Saturday comes, he's a massive Blades fan, isn't he? It's yeah, yeah. That's Sheffield United. Mean Machines but, as well, uh, Vin, Vinnie Jones. Yeah, Mean Based Machine. Based on like, the longest yard from America. No, no it's actually, actually both remakes of each it, other. It, well, yeah. No, well, I think the Mean Machine was mean the original. Mean Machine was the original. Longer. And the longest. And longest yard no, is the American remake. No, because I'm not thinking of the Adam Sandler one, because there was a longest yard that was a re- that Adam Sandler remade. It starred Burt Reynolds. As I don't recall that. The, well, it's, I think it's from the 80s, like, late 70s, early 80s. Ah, pretty well then. But it starred Burt Reynolds as uh, what ended up becoming Adam Sandler's character. Okay, yeah. So okay. the Burt Reynolds one came then, Vinnie Jones then. 1974 film. Yes. Yeah. Think about, you say there's a lot of basketball movies. I, I don't particularly know why. I don't think it's a particularly cinematic sport. What? Not basketball. It depends. I mean, it depends on it depends on how they approach it. I mean... We've it's, discussed it's, this before. It's usually like inner it's city the, kids do good. They yeah, go. Is the sport the main thing, or is the sport just there as a framing device so they can tell an actual story? That's a, One that's thing that's useful about basketball is the scoring system yeah. because yeah. you can have one final shot take you from oh, losing to winning. Yeah, yeah that, which, is, which is one of the reasons why <laughs> it's like so slow more than yeah. a second as the ball just goes all yeah. the How way. many movies have had that in? <laughs> all net. I, I can't think of any basketball movies off the top of my head, but I know I've seen it a million times in media yeah. in general. Oh, yeah. That it, well, it's been in so many movies. Uh, and it's all, always all net. Or it yeah. just sort of, ring, sort of slinks around the, the Yeah, the or bounces back up and then goes back in. Yeah, they never just do it like it would in reality. Just shatters the glass. <laughs> it is a it, mess. It's funny because 
you know, <laughs> we mentioned football movies, right? And I've got to, I've got to just get this out of the way because it's the only football movie that actually had football players starring in it. Oh, oh, were they good actors victory. as well? Escape to victory. That's the one, yeah. Where it had like a fo- football team, but for some reason it's got Sylvester Stallone as the goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Thing is, they had Pele and was it Bobby Moore and uh, yeah. uh, and Ozzy Adeles. Ozzy Adeles. It's like they went through all the world of football and like right, all these people with loads of charisma. Goalies, you're all boring. So um, we're gonna bring our own guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put we'll put Rocky in goal. It's before Rocky, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was before. Was it more Rocky. Like goalie, goalies don't have charisma, or was it just that like people only really care about midfielders and strikers? No, no, everyone else was basically everyone else was South American, English, French, you know, Argentinian football players from like all of the main football countries, except for America, which at the time didn't take football seriously because no. they had American football, which is better because we, we we rugby tackle people. Yeah, <laughs> right. In American football, no, but that's what I'm saying. In American football, they rugby tackle Just, people. I've got a list of footballers here, isn't it? Like Pele, Bobby Moore, uh, John Walker, I don't know him, Ozzy Adiles, uh lots of people who don't know. <laughs> Does it say their names? Yeah, like Pele as Corporal Luis Fernandez. <laughs> Bobby Moore as Terry Brady. John Walker as Arthur Hayes. Ozzy Adeles as Carlos Ray. Yeah, lots of footballers in that. Yeah. I know there was a, a British film about the Busby Babes, uh, one of the most... I think, was it? Um, they were... The Manchester United plane coming yeah. back from Munich, crashed and lost like, in the 1960s like Manchester United team. It's very, yeah. very famous. I never heard about that. It's a yeah. big thing. But yeah. I guess it was before well, it was born. Yeah. It's United, like, uh, the film was called, I mean, everyone, yeah. Everyone's heard of uh, Hillsborough because yeah. it's been all of the news what happened at Hillsborough. But nobody really remembers Heysel Stadium. No. Heysel Stadium uh, happened and that's that was the event that got European got British clubs banned from Europe for a while. And it was an indefinite ban as well. Yeah, Hillsborough, the upcoming that is no more. All stadiums are all seaters. Yeah, all stadiums are all seaters because of Hillsborough. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, they probably will end up making some kind of maybe a made-for-TV movie mm. based on the 23-odd years that the Hillsborough families fought oh, for the, the legal proceedings. Yeah, yeah they won't yeah. do the actual event. That'll No. That'll be like, I don't know, 50 years' time. That's the only time that sort of do it. Uh, yeah. Enough of a separation. Yeah. But you, somebody's going to do a made-for-TV movie based oh, there's, there's around that. there's got to be something based around it, yeah, because it's been such an yeah. event as well. But let's move away from that for a second. Uh, well, sports on TV. Actually, no, before we do, there's a quick film I want to mention. Okay. Obviously, I like to... Space uh, Jam, is it? No, I like to mention my Scottish roots, so um, I'll go for The Greatest Game Ever Played. It's about golf, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, um, it, it's based in America, but um, it was about um, fighting the prejudice of golf, because golf was always seen as a upper-class sort of game, and he was a working-class okay. boy, and you know, just to prove that there shouldn't be a class divide when it came to golf. Okay. Well, no, that is very true. It's a very classist. What yeah. was that Matt Damon, Will Smith one? The one uh, that was also about golf. Uh, one the one of bag of Vance, That's it. <laughs> the one I want to talk about, though, it's not about sport, but I just want to mention it because it, make, it allows me to sort of slap Donald Trump in the face by podcast medium. But it's it's the Scottish golf fame again. You know, there was a documentary a few years ago called "You've Been Trumped," in which he was <laughs> trying to buy this entire massive estate where loads of people lived and loads of people worked, and he said, "No, no." Shoot my love. Make a golf course. Yeah. Make a golf course. <laughs> yeah. 
No, no, Donald Trump, you didn't. You didn't at all. Nope. You've been trumped by. Yes. <laughs> Get trumped on. Yes. I, I like how he's, he said that he has no failures in his business. And... He's no successes. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Scotland's just give him the birdie. Hey! hey. There's a jock off joker. That fans? was a hole in one. <laughs> yeah, cue the song. Anyway, right, uh, so sports on TV. Sports on TV is a bit of an odd duck. Not sports coverage. Cause... No, that's what I was about to say. Sports coverage is on TV, but we don't really get much in the way of... Uh, we we had one, which was uh, that one on Sky. Uh, the one with like the per- the team that wore purple and were like dragons or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And then there was footballers' wives. Oh. There's no football in that. Yeah, I know. But all I'm saying is... We have, I mean, what was the one that was on Sky called? I can't remember. I can't remember. But it was really, it was really odd. And it was all about... It was a a soap opera. Yeah, it was a soap opera. Was that Friday Night Lights? No. No, but that is American football and that is very good. Yeah. It wasn't that one. It was was just like a soap opera about football. And we don't really get much like that. Dream Team. Dream Team, that was Ah. it, yeah. You got the internet in front of you, Rob. You got no excuse not to find it. Hardchester United, it was called. Hardchester United. Hardchester, sorry. Oh, Hardchester. Wow. Okay, it's a bit more acceptable. <laughs> yes, it's but... not like Softchester. It's Hardchester. <laughs> yeah. Do hard stuff here. Largechester. Oh, Mediumchester. If if we're going to have a quick talk, if going to on TV shows, I just want to quick mention panel shows based around football, like well, not just football, sports. Well, yes, sports. I mean, yeah, sports, sports, sports even. So you got the League of Their Own. Uh, played to the whistle, and there was a question w- of spa. Yep, yeah. There was another one that um, Jason Manford did. It was like a, a dish, like it was connected to question of spa, but it was kind of more on top of it. I forget what it was called. I think it was question of more spa or something. Question of spa after dark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Everything's after dark these days. I feel yeah. like when it comes to like, especially football fans as well, because they're quite into it. I think like this, there's little point in making a story about football because. I imagine to the fans, it's like, what's the, the championships going on now? Those are the the stories, and like you know, the story of trying to like win whatever you know cups going on. Yeah, like to sort of make a story about that would be a bit like it almost wouldn't be as good as the original. So mm. yeah, I sort of see what, what I mean. Yes, yeah, I kind of well, get what you're saying. Well, just in current events, I can almost guarantee you there's going to be a film, TV show, whatever about Leicester winning the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. There's like that, big things like that. Oh, can yeah, that has, that. yeah. yeah I, I can imagine that being some like a TV film or, yeah, like a TV series. It, it'll but, take the perspective of the fans that won't do it from the team. But yeah, that um, reminds me. But if they made a habit of winning all the time, then they'd probably be like, nah, don't need a movie anymore. Yeah, that reminds me. Isn't Dwayne Johnson in a TV series about football? I think it's called The Coach. Oh, yeah. No, no, he plays an agent, I think, in it. Uh, was it? Uh, it had a really dodgy name because I started laughing. This is sort of thing. Why didn't we mention it on the show? Uh, it's the ballers. Thing. That was, that was it. the it's one. Ballers. Dwayne Johnson starring in Ballers. Yeah. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson Ballers. That's the thing that could go very wrong on you Google search. <laughs> Balling. We fly. No lie. You know that it's Ballers. He plays Spencer Strassmore. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Anyway. Would you uh, ever believe him to be an agent, though? He, he's like six foot six. Two hundred and fifty pounds of pure muscle. I, I, Agent, yeah, I believe at some point he was in the sports industry. 
Yeah, he was. He was he, I think he played football at a college level, and he was like a very, very successful <laughs> and then, wrestler. And, and then he yeah. became communist. <laughs> the people's elbow. <laughs> yes. Nobody profits from that elbow, just the people. Yes. For the, pro- for the proletariat. <laughs> the proletariat eyebrow. <laughs> 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 a very different thing, Rob. <laughs> For those who just joined us, welcome back to The Geek Show. We make the freshest memes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, right, uh, moving off TV for a second, yeah. um, because it is still on TV, I suppose. Anime has a lot of sports stuff going on. Not much of it is good, though. Well, it depends on where you stand. It's quite funny when you think about it, because stereotypically, like, mm. you'd think there wouldn't be a lot of that. Yeah. It's just not popular. That's that's the sad thing. Over here, popular is, like, fighting and martial arts and... Uh, well, not martial arts, but, like, fight of the week and big explosions and superpowers. Avatar. Or yeah. people dressed in, like, high school things. Or, or fan service. Fan service is yes, also hugely popular here in the UK. But sports, for some reason, even though sports is such a big thing of the like, the British like life experience, you can't go through like life without engaging with sports in somewhere in this country. It's so ingrained in our DNA. But yeah, somehow well, in anime, it's like no, not interested. Allowing to say something a bit perhaps presumptuous for a minute, like the the audience for sports and audience for anime are like worlds apart. Like one is the epitome of social acceptable media and the other one is like the opposite and yeah. the two shall never meet. I know, but it's Which just is that, where the weirdness because, happens. Because, it's you just know, that isolated anime themselves. fans are disgusting and sports fans to anime fans are disgusting. Can, can, can I just say, I, I'm kind of in actually in the middle of that. I watch some anime and I play some sports, so I'm kind of... I think pick a side now. No, 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 I think no. we're all sort of representative <laughs> of that as well, yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I'm not just representative of that. Oh, I you live are the, it. You are the epitome. You are the proto <laughs> Like I'm not the proto hipster. You call me a proto. No. Like you want Trevor, to take this outside? Call me a proto. Like Trevor's the proto hipster. You're the proto. No, I'm playing the jockey. You call me a proto. You want to take this outside? <laughs> uh, but I think it's just that isolation from each other. I don't think it helps anybody. No. Yeah. You have people who only watch anime who basically go, I, I don't play sports ball. I don't watch sports ball. Like, mm. Why are you being insulting by calling it sports ball? It's just sport. Just because you watch sport doesn't make you any different to anyone else. But then you have all the jo- uh, all the so-called jocks who only watch, you know, who are heavily into their sports and go, why do you watch cartoons, cartoons for kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop being so judgmental. So it just makes me laugh because, yeah. like, are you saying that there's some anime fans out there that call it sports ball specifically to be yes. insulting? Yes. They're probably the kinds that if you called anime cartoons... Oh, it gets right. so mad. Yep. <laughs> the headed go slightly, slightly more purple. <laughs> And then just steam would come up the ears. Yeah. And then they'd go off and huff and write a really and then complimentary blog about it. And they'd get, yeah, a, they get would an angry be... vein here first as well. Yeah, yeah they'd, <laughs> have, they'd, have, they'd have the angry vein. They'd try and wield the people's eyebrow but fail. Even though anime is just cartoons. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. sports ball is, well, football is a sports game involving a ball. Yeah, so, <laughs> so is tennis, so is golf, yeah. so is basketball. <laughs> So well, I guess I guess like a lot of people like to so separate um, <laughs> sort of ball sports from other sports because but even they though they're completely different, they, they, they use, get grouped together sometimes for some use, reason. They use sports ball to refer to all sports, not just 
like Spoke. skateboarding. You like speaking like skateboarding and inline. L- yeah, that doesn't make l- any like, sense. Like the hundred meter sprint. I'd love to they see would an refer to as sports football. ball. Right. I'd love to see an anime and Gaelic football. That'd be really. <laughs> so, so is Baku on like a sports ball manga then? Sorry, is Baku on like a sports ball manga then? Baku one. Ba- ba- that's ba- the motorbike manga. Oh yeah, back it's, one. It's yeah, IQ. Uh, apparently, that's all about sports ball. <laughs> IQ's all about sports ball. <laughs> Uh, Kuroko's basketball. Free fan service sports ball, yeah. by the way. Kuroko's basketball is sports ball. Free is free? sports ball. Free. Yeah, free. Free is sports That's ball. It's a different type of sports ball. Yeah, it's a different type of sports <laughs> ball. That's middle aged woman sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bat and ball game of sorts, I suppose. <laughs> Touche. Very good. <laughs> Baby Steps is sports ball. Prince of Tennis is sports ball. And <laughs> for the Ace is sports ball. Uh, what is it? Uh, Hinamara Zumo is sports ball. Well, they do have shapes kind of like balls. <laughs> Very, it's sumo. It's sumo. Is no game, no life sports ball, since it's literally a world about games, so it's literally all games are professional. No, could uh, technically be sports. No, but that leads me on to this weird thing, right? Because the people who call it sports ball and are, ins- and are trying to be insulting by calling it sports ball want, want everyone to accept that esports are actual sports. <laughs> just gotta, oh, I yeah. gotta, so they, the, yeah i see it's like i hate sports but we want to be it's just othering it's i it's, think that's kind of that's pretty what, sad isn't it i think that's one of the reasons why i'm just against the whole esports thing because mm. it's just silly yeah there's it, a lot of silliness is, like i mean in the fact that it's also so ageist as well yeah like is it? once you pass like 20 you're seen as sort of your reactions slow down and you're not good enough really but yeah yeah i don't know like it depends on most the, of the fighting like Decent fighting gamers I know are over twenty. Oh no, like, not fighting games. No, I mean, no, we're talking like, like the MOBA. I guess, but fighting games game. are probably are very reaction based, perhaps more so. There's a lot of experience as well in those games. Yeah, yeah like, definitely, that's true. But in the MOBA stuff, it's like once you pass like on like twenty two, twenty three, like, you, you, no use, just don't bother. Which that's quite surprising. I think that's why I'm sort of against it because sports. You've got like a good, you know, fifteen year career in sports. Yeah, mm. you got to go through the, the jaded middle age era. When you decide, am I going to become a coach or am I going to become a pundit? Well, I'm 24 <laughs> and I feel like my reactions are probably as best as they've ever been. Well, to be honest, your reactions don't really start slowing down until uh, you start pushing 30. Well, yeah, that's oh, why I is. assumed like, it's a lot later thing, so it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. But the thing is, um, certain research, which hasn't actually been uh, been confirmed, right? But it's research, so obviously we can quote it. Certain research states that your fastest reaction speeds happen while your neural net is still building and your neural net continues building and then stops around the early 20s. Well, there you go. I mean, Which is why they say your reaction time must be faster at the, during these years here. I, I think it's a bit like silly to sort of like stop people from playing these things because they're older because a lot of reactions, especially in the context of games, is less literally seeing something happening and reacting to it, but more context recognition like you see something like oh this is probably happening and you respond that way because you're not literally absorbing all the information you make an assumption you react to that i hate to give it more credit than it's worth but like that's knowledge competitive fighting games especially like chess because you got to predict moves in advance yeah yeah it gets compared to chess a lot um obviously it's a bit different but it's it's it again there's so many choices that you make the the weird thing is uh uh, the closest i wouldn't say just chess i'd say more like chess boxing. Well, yeah. So if you like lose a part... <laughs> I guess I don't know enough about chess to make that comparison, but well, chess... I see what people are trying to say when they say that, yeah. Chess boxing is basically boxing and chess combined. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you lose a part and then you punch you compared to the nose. Yeah. But yeah, it's like when you get really into fighting games, so much of it is about making choices based yeah. on how much health you've got and how much meat you've got and how much health your opponent has and where they are on the screen and where you are. The thing on is, the I'd be and... more inclined to say that was a that was an actual spot if you took it seriously than say a MOBA. <laughs> Don't know MOBAs, so I'm not going to say. That's, but, what, that's what I mean. Uh, I don't understand how simply sitting there and clicking a mouse and staring at a screen. I think MOBAs are, they're more planning and strategy based than fighting games are. Then it's not a sport if it's more planning and strategy based. Maybe. And then clicking a mouse. I can do that. I can plan and strategize and then click a mouse. Does that yeah, mean called, I can make sport? It's called Toot. Yeah, tweet suite. Yeah. <laughs> it's called tweet suite or tweet deck. Yeah, well, the thing is, is every advanced. single every single real time strategy involves planning and strategy and clicking a mouse. Well, mouse. what I can say is I've only played a MOBA like once, so Starcraft. Can't judge. Yeah, that's it's a it's an RTS, not a, a MOBA. It's a sport as well. Yeah, no, <laughs> like the Koreans take that's super serious. Yeah, but that's my point. Every single RTS is exactly the same as a MOBA. Yeah, technically, just. In a mobile, you've got a smaller team. Yeah, and you have a limited time. Yeah, They are pretty similar, yeah. yeah. Anyway, 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 we kind of got off the beaten track. We were talking about anime, because um, that was going to lead me on to manga. Mm. And we mentioned the we mentioned Hinamaru Zumo. Which is outstanding. It, it's weird, because... Well, well, just, just to give it an avatar, advert here. Yeah. We all look at Sumo and think, huh, that's stupid. It's just fat guys rubbing each other, isn't it? <laughs> Never reformed really opinion on Sumo me, but... <laughs> it's, it's, it's such an alien-looking spot. It's just guys, like big, meaty guys in, like, nappies, just trying to push each other out, push each other out of a little circle in, the, like, yeah. the sand or whatever. All those people who think that, read Hinamaru Zumo. Yeah, you'll get a totally different set totally different perspective on sumo they're now, treated or like they should probably watch super duper sumos instead that'll probably give a very accurate representation of the sport nope no. <laughs> Hin- hinamaru sumo is is outstanding. you could super duper sumos versus hinamaru uh, i'd put my money on hinamaru the thing about hinamaru is he was in that classic anime conceit as well how it's a guy who Stupid isn't supposed show. to do this yeah and he's got a triumph against the world that doesn't want him so it's really relatable as well well, the thing is, um, sumo is all about mass. It's all about weight. It's all about the size. Mm. And the main character, Ushio Hinamaru, he is short. He stopped growing because he was he was classed as one of the greatest talents in the nation at one point in Nation- sumo. What's it called? National Monsters? No, no, uh, National Treasures. National Treasures, that's he was, it. Yeah. Basically, they considered him a national treasure, somebody who could be Yokozuna, basically the the strongest of all sumo wrestlers in Japan. Mm. But then he stopped growing, and then he went through uh, a period where he couldn't win because he just wasn't tall enough, he didn't have enough mass. And for him, that those three years were a frustrating three years where he did nothing but train, in a, you know, train himself, and then he comes reappears in high school, and this time he's ready to take on the world of sumo again. But he hasn't grown much taller, and everybody else is huge compared to him. I think it's a more relatable series just to get in. Well, an easy series to get into as well, because when you're talking about manga with sports, mm. like the obvious one is Hajimo no Ippo, which is... Oh, I, yeah. No. Like, not, we need Dude, to it's, a, it's a popular one, it's, at least. It's, it's, it's not the one. one. I, boxing, I know, you're, yeah. I know you're picking one that like, predates that, but as far as looking at manga now... Yeah, the big one is sports. Classically, probably not true, but now definitely Hajime no Ippo. Hajime no Ippo is popular, but it's not the big one. It's one that everybody knows. Well, everybody yeah, it's knows one Hajime. that everybody knows. Yeah, I'll yeah. agree with you on that. It's, it's that level of title. Um, but the one that, uh, if you want a boxing manga or a boxing anime, even because the anime is uh, is actually very good as well, then uh, Ashita no Joe, Tomorrow's Joe. 
Ashita no Jo is is known more popularly as Japan's Rocky. All right, and or you know, it, it's basically the boxing manga of all boxing manga, the boxing anime of all boxing anime. It's the one that everyone holds up as this is the best. Hajime no Ippo is good for what it does. You know, it's good for what it is. But if you want a boxing manga that beats all of them, then you read this one. Hmm. Surprisingly few, like, good martial arts ones as well. Yeah. Well, it's in proper, realistic sort of things. Yeah, Yeah. it's always, like, street gangs or, like, personal dramas or something. It's not about just the sport. Street fighting or superpowers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what most uh, martial arts stuff is. But we'll come through to that. We'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with Pick of the Geek, yeah? Hello, this is Brina Palencia, and you're listening to The Geek Show. The world of comics and manga are much, much more complex than I'll ever know. So tune in to Four Panel on The Geek Show Podcast Network to make that whole world a little less intimidating. Welcome back to the show, and we're on the final stretch, the final furlong, the finishing strip, the, the last six games in the league, the cup final. Yes. Pick of the Geek. Yes, the home run. Yes, so... Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. My first one is a game which was very much a stalwart of the PlayStation 1 era. And people go and, like, rub the finger really fast over the square and X button. International track and field. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. But the thing is, you, you say that, but I grew up with hypersports. So I was at the arcade rubbing my fingers over, over a red and yellow button. <laughs> yeah. And we found out, you know, the Kinder Egg thing, right? You know the, you know the Kinder Egg capsule? Yeah. If you take the top end of the Kinder Egg capsule, Stick two fingers in it, and you basically can do that really quick. Yeah, I mean, what we're talking about is the hundred. Everyone had a strategy for it. For us, it was like a sock or like your shirt. I, I did try that, and it just really burnt my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it was like the, the event we were referring to. I mean, it's like international track and field. It had like a series of events, uh, all track and field, obviously. Uh, hundred meter sprints, hurdles, uh, the shot puts, um, loads of things. I, I can't remember. I haven't got the list in front of me. The one which always stands out as sort of an icon of video games is the 100 meter sprint because yeah. everybody, like Lewis said, everybody has their own strategy and it's just, it's just a fun party game, which, which for athletics games or sports games, it's always about like two player head versus head. And that was just kind of a free for all. And it was fun because of that, I think. So yeah, international track and field, bring it back. I think Konami have it. Yeah. Konami have got rid of that whole mess of money that is Hideo Kojima. So now they can just. <laughs> Make games which just solidly make money and aren't really all that expensive. Like your Pezzas, like your National Track and Fields. Just please bring it back. Go on. Go on, Konami. You know you want to. Be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> so who's next? I'll go next. Um, I've got a film for mine. Rush. 2013 film. Oh, uh, interesting right. choice. Because yeah. I think um, it's about the rivalry between James Hunt and uh, what well, drivers James Hunt and Nicky Lauda and their kind of how they went from rivalries on the track and friends in the pit and it, I found it a very interesting um story. I mean there's a great there's a great scene that I love where one of the reporters basically calls Nicky Lauda in a press conference a rat rat looking and how his wife could look at him. And then moments later James Hunt just kind of brings him to the side and kind of beats him up for doing it. Now there's no proof whether that actually happened but Nicky Lauda said it was the kind of thing he would do. Yeah. So it kind of shows that kind of sportsmanship between the two of them, but the intense rivalry they had. Mutual respect. Yeah. Yes. Well, the uh, thing is, it's, what I liked about Rush was that it, it captured something that 
often gets overlooked in a lot of stories because they try and add the melodrama and try and uh, try and add something where nothing was actually there. Yeah, James Hunt and Nicky Lauda were actually really good friends mm. um, off the track, but because they, as you said, they respected each other so much, they weren't going to go on track and basically treat each other. They weren't going to. You know, you know, well, dishonor that friendship yeah. by not giving their best on the track. Because exactly. if you fight respect with the... somebody, then you give your best against yeah. them. Fight with all you got. Yeah, I think one of the most touching things about that film is uh, when Nicky Lauda was asked about the film, he said that he really wished that James had been there with him to watch it. Oh, I that's think nice. just kind of really yeah. shows that is nice. Yeah, the kind of bond they had. Lewis, do you want to go next, or do you want me to? Um, I guess I'll go next. Skate free because. Um, Two is better, man. <laughs> uh, I preferred three, I think, because of like the hardcore mode and all of that. Oh yeah, but um, like for me, like, outside of like racing stuff and like I guess fighting to an extent, like the the most sporty sort of thing that I like was skateboarding, and I haven't really been into it for a while. But like I was into it for long enough and like knew about enough of the moves that I could appreciate skate for what it was doing and what it was. And I feel like Skate Three's hardcore mode sort of. It was like a good simulation if you tried that, I guess, as close mm. as we were as we had in video gaming. Yeah. So just very good representation of what skateboarding was. It was still pretty arcadey in some ways. You could do a lot of stuff that you don't really see in videos, but you know, you could just play it in a more grounded way and just skate about. There's just a lot of pressure on EA to make a fourth one. Is that yeah. so? Yeah, like a little while ago on their Instagram cha- uh, channel, all the pictures were putting up. Like ninety percent of the comments was where's skate for? Where's skate for? Who wants skate for? Skate for? Come on, skate for! I, f- I feel like there was a lot of people who played skate as well that weren't necessarily into skateboarding because it just had such a big audience. Mm, does so? Yeah, it's great, 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 great game. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to start off with a hell of a cop out here, but it's also a fantastic, fantastic sports game. We sports. Oh. oh. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to bring that out. The thing is, right, Wii Sports was an actual dine-in-the-world sports game when you get right down to it. Yeah. Right? And it had multiple events that you could do, all of, the majority of which would be classified as a sport. Hmm. But the the really interesting thing about Wii Sports was that it wasn't displayed as a proper dine-in-the-world sports game because you basically got up and you did the action stuff like that until you figured out you could just sit on your couch and just wave your wrist about <laughs> To try and do these things. Wii Tennis was always... Yeah. And Wii Bowling. They were the best, too. But the thing is, the and baseball golf. was golf actually was pretty good. You know, the baseball was actually pretty good, especially when especially when you had to do, like, the pitching action and the batting action. The timing was very well worked. Yeah. And that's why I, that's why I cho- choose Wii Sports, because I'm not saying it's... I'm not saying it's the best of all of them, you know, it, because it, ha- it was too... It was too shallow. Mm. It didn't really go into depth with any of the sports that it had. It was a party game, so that's as deep as it was. Yeah. Yeah. And it was was free. And it was free. But then again, for a free party game, it was amazingly fun. And we boxing, I'm sorry, if you, how many of us were up against, went up against a mate, uh, at the boxing and just basically, as soon as we managed to knock him out, we were like, yes. Oh, like everyone does the thing afterwards. Yep. Arms in the air type thing. Yeah. Like in Gang Beasts as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, my second choice. Yeah. It's, uh, Wii Sports is the perfect, 
local co-op sports game. It is. Mm. Outside of the fighting game genre. Out yeah. of, outside of the fighting game genre, yeah. yeah. Uh, my second choice is a documentary about Formula One, Senna. So I was going to mention that. Because it's, it's a really good... It's a brilliant documentary. Because it it, it's all from like archive footage of Ayrton Senna, who has a very, very tragic story. I think he was one of the the biggest profile deaths of the last 30 yeah. years in Formula 1 out of uh, Definitely, yeah. Because he was such a charismatic and magnanimous fella. Yeah, he was he was iconic in the sport. He was. I mean, still not to this day. I mean, there's, there's, there's uh, corners named after him. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but that's uh, yeah. not something which a lot of people get in motorsport or mm. like no, early tracks. No. I mean, it's quite interesting that as well because um, another driver had died on the same corner the day before on that track. Yeah, yeah. But because... Was it on Imola's circuit? I think, think so, I think yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah. But um, because, obviously, it, it was Senna, he was so high profile, that uh, tragedy was has largely been forgotten. But it actually struck a chord with Senna as well, that guy's mm. death. Um, the documentary, though, what's really good about it, though, I mean, I used to love Formula One, but I've gone totally cold on it. But even so, that documentary is is just brilliant. It's educational, yeah. it's, it's enthralling, it's fantastic. I'd, I'd recommend... Anybody to watch it. If they watch anything from this show, just watch that doc. Definitely. Anyone else want to go? Then um, I'm just. I'm going to mention the first first driving game I really bought when I got my 360. That was um, Forza Three Motorsport. So I'd, I'd, it's it's one of those games I really enjoy. You can just buy a car and yet you can upgrade it, put modifications on it, and make it as powerful as you can. But you can also just go into really in depth modifications as well, like the tweak and just kind of find that little bit extra power. Just Changing the car for your driving style and just making it the right car for you. So I think now a lot of driving games are doing these days anyway, but with Forza you could kind of go a bit further in, but now, now you know, you can do... The, the the creators know you can do that. They just go on above and beyond with that sort of thing. Is there a layout for going as fast as you can and just using the people who go around the corners as sort of a buffer and just crashing into them? That's called annoying people like me very, very much online. <laughs> It's so, why I stopped playing that online, because every time I played online, I'll just rage because of people doing that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's nasty technique, but it, it works. Is, yeah. It works. Yeah. Okay, next. Um, I guess I'll just throw this in here because it's easy. I'm going to say Sebastian Loeb Rally Evo. I picked it over Dirt Rally because Dirt Rally, from what I hear, is a bit less realistic. Yeah, and it, it has less variety in terms of cars and tracks. Mm. And Sebastian Loeb Rally Evo, it's you know, it's not as shiny, it's not as pretty, but and the handling model is a bit less possibly detailed, but it's closer yeah. to what it's like. And on top of that, it's got um, on top of that, it's got like a sort of documentary element to it because yeah. it goes through the life of sebastian loeb who's won the oh, okay. world rally championship like nine times yeah and then retired presumably because it got boring winning all the time i heard, don't know have you heard <laughs> but, um, yeah he's finished isn't he um sebastian loeb. He's, he's done with the wrc oh no I he's french he does... he's french but the reason why so all many... finishes in the country yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so many good yeah, french, like, yeah. there's so many good finish uh rally drivers because that's part of the driving test because that's yeah. how much that's a lot of yeah. the actual uh, roads in Finland are like that. Yeah, so they've got to learn to drive that way anyway. Yeah. Well, not only and that, they, well, they're familiar with hills and snow and ice and stuff. It, yeah. It's not just that over in Finland they have a thing. Uh, it's just a thing that they do as a hobby. Where you know Craig used to do banger racing. Mm. They have kind of their own version of that, which is more like banger rally. And yeah. <laughs> it's like Finnish toge or something. Uh, it's basically they just. They just buy an old car, 
repair it a little bit, and then go racing with it on a weekend. What like what sort of roads? The normal roads, crazy. Yeah, it reminds off. me a bit of the toge thing that they have in Japan. Yeah, basically yeah. like that. They just close off a section of road and have a race. Mm. And then you got people, you know, you got pensioners and you got teenagers, <laughs> and <laughs> nice. every age in between. Nice. You got men, so, you got women, and they all get involved. So I guess driving is a big part of their culture then, because oh, yeah, I know their driving tests are way more thorough as oh, well. Yeah. They oh, teach yeah. you how to like not die if you actually might crash. Yeah. Whereas like. Yeah, with our lessons, they just teach you the rules of yeah. the road and how to operate a car at you low speed. You want to try the driving test in Bangladesh. So, <laughs> can you start the car? Can you travel forward? Yes. Good. Here's your license. <laughs> so, what's your last pick then, Rob? My last pick? Oh, we, we only we have a two. two, yeah. Ah, oh, damn it. Um, okay. I've mentioned loads of stuff in the past. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to mention something that I've mentioned before. So, um... I've already mentioned Giant Killing. I've already mentioned Ashita Not Joe. I've already mentioned uh, Rookies on a different show. I'm going to go with something completely left field here. It might not seem like a sport, but over in Japan, it is classed as a sport. Okay. Um, the sport is Karata. And it's basically, the the idea is basically, it's based on the one, it's based on a thing called, uh, it's based on a bunch of poems. And the poem, what they do, they play a section of the poem, and you have to basically uh, grab the card that it's a, that it's against. It's basically a one-on-one thing, but you do like team matches stuff like that. And the whole point of it is reaction time. It's all about speed and your ability to actually understand what the word is that's coming. The series I'm going to choose is Chihaya Furu, and it is an anime series that has possibly some of the best audio design, some of the best sound design, and some of the best sound work I've ha- I've seen. In an anime, sounds like reverse snap with poetry. It is kind of reverse snap with poetry, but they need to actually train because it's all about reaction speed. It's all about stamina because some of these matches can go on for hours. Okay, and you're in a room, basically hunched over a bunch of cards, right, in a room for hours, and you basically got to, and you basically got to be quick, faster than your opponent, which means you have to hear. What they said, and it's uh, sometimes they play it from a tape, and sometimes it's actually somebody speaking these poems. But you have to try and figure out I mean, just from the first word. You have to think because you've got to memorize all these poems yourself, and you have to try and think. Okay, right. So it's this one. Or it's this one. There's tactics, the strategy involved in the game. But from the first syllable, from the first noise, if you can figure out what that is, you can beat your opponent. You okay. can take that card, and whoever has the most cards at the end at the end of that match is the winner moves on. So I would classify it as a sport because it does require stamina and it does require training. Okay. So, but, uh, yeah, that's my pick. Chihaya for That's all we have time for yeah. this week on the Geek Show about sports. Not sports, ball, because that's stupid. Yes. But, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. If you want to uh, support us, there's two ways. We've got a Go campaign, GoFundMe campaign, top right of our page. But if you want something for your money, and frankly, we all do, don't we? We don't want to just... Donate money. That's like philanthropy, and who wants that? Eh? Pfft, yes. Not me. But if you want something for your money, uh, go to the go the go to the um the gig shop, which on, is on the page and in the sidebar. Yes, it's on our Facebook page and on the sidebar of our homepage at thegigshow.co.uk. But uh, until next time, you can find us all over the place: SoundCloud, Mixcloud, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. I use Podcast Addict. Other things are available. Um, but until next time, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, our nomination as well. Uh, yes, there is our nomination yes. on the Community Award for the New Europe 
Media Awards. The New Media Europe Awards. Oh, we are it, we have been nominated for the Community Awards, so uh you know, we'll uh, put that out there and get people can start voting for us. Nobody else. You know now does. No deviation. But anyway, <laughs> yes. I've been Rob. I've been Owen. I've been Lewis. And I've been Rob. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.